You know, sometimes when you meet someone, you feel like you've known them your whole life. Well, that's what it was like for me to meet Andrea Shaw, known to her friends and now me as Drea and probably to you too. Well, I met her at the Fit Expo in Los Angeles this year. And what impressed me about her, not just her incredible physique, I mean, she is a three-time Miss Olympia champion and has won a laundry list of other bodybuilding competitions. But what really impressed me about her is her humility and her light and her personality and just the kind of person that she exudes, one of, you know, being a student and one of someone who wants to share how to really grow as a person and in her sport with other people. So in this episode, we get to talk to Miss Olympia 2020, 2021, and 2022, and well on our way to 2023, too. And we'll find out a lot about what sets her apart, how her mindset has taken her this far in her sport, and where the rubber met the road for her in terms of her making a decision to take this route in the first place. I think you'll find that she's quite the inspiration, and her words of wisdom may just leave a lasting impression like they did with me on you. Let's dive in. Hi, I'm Chef Maria, the Fit Foodie, and this is Recipes for Your Best Life, where we dish about all things related to food, health, and wellness to nourish you from the inside out. I love hosting special guests who are experts in their field. And we also get to talk about topics that are important for your well-being. You'll always get lots of food for thought you can really sink your teeth into. So pull up a chair and welcome to the chef's table. Drea, it's such a pleasure to have you on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I had such the good pleasure of meeting you at the Fit Expo in Los Angeles. And I kind of had like a fangirl moment because... <laughs> Um, I, you know, had been following your journey and your win to your third Miss Olympia title. Ah, like the hat trick. <laughs> Has anybody ever done it before? I don't know. I don't think so. But anyways, the point being, you know, you really have reached a place in your career that so many people are in awe of. How did you get started in bodybuilding to begin with? Oh, man. And, you know, I try to be as transparent as I can be um, because I think it's really something that people can relate to, especially women. I started my journey because I didn't in, I, I had really negative feelings about my appearance. I felt like I was too heavy. Um, I felt like I was just not pretty enough. Hmm. And all of those things just really culminated once I got into like my last year of high school um, and my first year of college. So it was like, you know, that that college time where, you know, you got to knuckle down and, you know, they call it the freshman 15, but I looked up and it was like the freshman 25. And it was like, oh yeah. my God, like this is, you know, this is not good. And I just figured, you know what? I got a gym membership. My mom introduced me to the gym pretty early on, about 13, but, you know, life kind of gets 
going. You get a car, you start having, you know, all this newfound freedom and the gym kind of became a a thing, but not a thing. It was like, it was there, but I was like, ah, I'm having fun right now. So yeah, when I had that, that moment of, you know what, I don't like what I look back at in the mirror and I feel like I could do something about it, but where do I start? And then it was like, okay, well, I can definitely start from the outside in. Um, and I had gone through a bad breakup. So that definitely was like another catalyst. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know what, the inside is going to take a little bit longer to really transform. I really knew that I had to take a step back and let God really deal with my heart. But I needed to really start to just divert my attention to something more positive. So I said, you know what, what would it feel like if I got into the best shape of my life? Mm. How would that feel? How would I project? How would I show up as as the student, as the woman who now has a full time job? And I'm like, you know what? I think that would feel pretty good. Mm. And so I started. Um, I subscribed to a few magazines, and um, I had a couple of books that I purchased. By this time, I wasn't. I was in college, but I wasn't declaring any major um, at that point with the university. So it was like, you know what? I'm still taking these general education requirements. Let me just, you know, build habits to get myself to the gym, and at the very least, give myself three days to to actually get in the gym, do good work, and then just see where it goes. And then, so yeah. did you have actually like an athletic background? Did you ever do sports in school? I did. I did cheerleading and gymnastics. Some people don't consider them sports. I do. Anything that oh, you can. Yes, they are. I think that it's a sport. Yeah. But I, mean, I started so young. So my mom started me in cheer and gymnastics probably when I was about seven or eight. And then that lasted up until I was 13. And by the time I got to high school, I was just, I was so burnt out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have practices every, you know, Saturday and during the week, and then you've got the games and it was just like, oh, I'm over it. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I really just put all of that athleticism or any interest in athletics on the back burner. I think I kind of wanted to be a majorette in high school, but it was like, eh, if I try out and make it cool, but if I don't, whatever. Yeah. And you were, your heart maybe wasn't into it, but you had that. I guess you had that early discipline and, you know, kind of that muscle, that muscle memory in some ways that, you know, knew what it felt to be an athlete and to push yourself and, you know, being a gymnast and and a cheerleader, very athletic, very, you know, much about flexibility and strength and mobility and everything. So when, and where, where did you grow up? I grew up just outside of Detroit, Michigan, and I spent a lot of time in Detroit, Michigan. But um, yeah, right in the city um, up until oh, 2008. Um, and I lived on a farm for a little while um, in Kansas. So there's some, you know, some learning lessons that I got there, you know, hard work, discipline um, and being very, very dedicated to, you know, seeing something through from start to finish. So, yeah. yeah. Do you do you think that being a product of also your environment and, you know, just life in a big city, you know, outside of your farm life, you know, Detroit, um, it, it can have some hard edges. Do you think that kind of also played a role in, you know, how you saw life and how you kind of even maybe decided to go down the bodybuilding route? Absolutely. I mean, when you look at the environment, because the city, when I was younger, it was very different. Um, We still had a lot of diversity in the neighborhood, but then when the dynamics started to change, you could definitely tell 
it was it was shifting in a negative way and you have to make some decisions even as a young woman um or a teenager you know i had to make certain decisions like okay am i going to spend more time at the library um or in my books or am i going to go outside and you know see what kind of mischief i can get into sure um, and yeah i mean that became the the you know i actually tested to get into a school where it was required that you know you had a certain gpa every semester or you actually got kicked out of the school and those became the things that I said, you know what, I don't have to, and my mom was a very good example, um, but I don't have to succumb to the environment. I can rise above that. Um, and I just started to get interested in different ways that I could elevate my life. And going to the gym became another you know, layer of that cake, so to speak, to um, add in something that would make me do something more positive to route my life in a more positive direction. And it's been amazing ever since. So yeah, I mean, I say, don't let the environment control you. You control the environment and take charge of what you can. And that really became my empowerment piece, right? Because I knew that if I could take charge of my health, that everything else that I had to, to tackle or to face would become easy. So I, I, I took that autonomy and started to do more with, you know, okay, how do I apply this at work? How do I apply this to make sure that I'm more organized with my schoolwork? Yeah. And yeah, prepping meals, that that became a part of the journey, you know, and weighing things out, being more consistent, waking up at a certain time, going to bed at a certain time. I just evolved into this woman who is very, very sure of herself and very capable of doing things and getting things done. So that's been like the journey for me. And I still keep working on those same things. I call them the basics, but you know, you master the basics and everything else can become easy. I love that. You know, there there is so much to be said about that discipline in your life, you know, where your life then transfers into your being able to be successful on the stage. So walk us through a little bit about the early years. You know, when you first started, were you just like, dang, I'm strong? Or were you like, this is harder than I thought? Like, what what was what was going on in the gym? And did you see other women doing what you wanted to do? I definitely saw other women, but they were very few and far in between. So I began to be very deliberate about my timing. So heads up, ladies. <laughs> uh, I began to get up earlier. And there's just something about getting up earlier that it, it set the tone for my day. I was much more likely to eat good throughout the day, having put in that time in the gym. And I still do that. Um, and, and it began What's early. Drea, early, what's for, early? early for me is like getting up between 4.30 and 3.30. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> gym if the gym opens at five, I'm trying to be there no later than like 5.30, so. Yeah. Um, but the regulars are there, right? Your, your very consistent people are there during that time. There's less distraction. And when I started to subscribe to certain magazines, they had these little tear outs where you could kind of take the workout with you. Because again, no one, my mom by this point had kind of transitioned into going back to school. So she wasn't um, going to the gym as much. She had schoolwork um, and then there was, um, just a trainer that was on hand, but you know, she was kind of uh, not really seeing the big picture when it came to me. She kind of felt like I was not serious about it. And she told my mom that she didn't think I would stick with it. Oh, <laughs> Some people, what, what don't they want, ever, they don't ever put Dre in a corner. Don't That's put it. In a she corner. comes out swinging. <laughs> <laughs> But the quiet time of morning gave me the confidence to at least try, because yeah. I know some women become very timid going into the weight room where there are men around. Um, but I, I felt like that was just a very 
private time for me to get in and not be so nervous or not have um, the anxieties of, you know, who's watching me, who's looking at me um, at that time of morning, because most people at that hour, they're very serious. They're, they're there to take care of business so they can get onto their work day uh, or whatever it is they have to do. Um, and I became very confident. So it was like over the course of, you know, two weeks, I'm like, okay, I can do this uh, mm. three weeks, you know, four weeks, five weeks. And I'm like, okay, I'm starting out just three days a week. And then I got to a point where I said, I'm going to go seven days. And then I'm like, okay, that was a little too much. Let me back down to so yeah, I had to just find my way. But the more consistent I got, um, I just began to learn more. So it was it was just a quest of every week, you know, looking at different magazines, organizing myself. I still use a training log to this day to track my exercises and how I'm progressing them. So those fundamental days, I mean, they were they were very interesting in that I didn't see a lot of women around. But the more I got consistent, I noticed the women that that were around, and I got a chance to really have more open dialogue with them. Mm. Did you find that was a supportive community, the women that were serious? I definitely did. But I needed to, again, put myself in the environment. It, although I was very fearful um, and apprehensive at first, I knew that the the pain of, of continuing to look at what I saw in the mirror was was too much to continue to bear and me not not do something you know i have this saying that you can't complain if you're not actually taking any action to change it right so there's no room to complain there and that's something that you know i kept in mind i said you know what i, I have no right to complain if i'm not putting forth the effort and the energy that it takes because usually nine times out of ten once you start moving forward someone will come forward something will happen to continue to encourage you to stay on the right path and that's exactly what happened um i ended up getting um a friend of mine who said you know maybe you should look into this magazine um and it's a guy from canada and i really loved his magazine he had more exercises he had more women's friendly exercises a whole magazine was devoted to women it was called oxygen magazine uh, <laughs> and i loved their look um and i emailed the editor i said wow how do you get the girls that are in these magazines they look amazing and you know i'm so inspired and he said well you know we usually go to shows and we try to see what girls we like their look and you know we talk to them and ask them if they want to be featured in the magazine i said okay i'm doing a show <laughs> I'm going to do a show. So that, so that was like kind of the impetus. I was going to say, so how long did it take when you first started training seriously um, to the your first competition? What was the competition? Which class did you participate in? Um, I, yeah, good question. So yeah. I, from the time I got serious, which was about 23 to 24 and a half, because I was going on 25, um, is when I started to really get consistent about my training. And then I would say within that year to year and a half's time, that's when I saw my body take the greatest um, amount of like shape and change. Um, and it, it really, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't long. It, it, it kind of dawned on me. It was like, wow, the only thing that really was delaying me was me. <laughs> mm. Oh, it was just me. And I got ready for my very first show within four weeks. Wow. I had been that consistent with, and I slowly started to add days. So I started off with three and then I slowly worked my way up to four, you know, try that for four weeks to, th to three weeks. If I'm consistent with that, then add in a fifth. And again, I, I slowly began to structure what my workouts looked like. Maybe it was a cardio only day. Maybe it was a stretching and ab day. Um, and those kinds of things really kept me looking forward to, you know, what my next workout day would be along the journey. Um, and yeah, once I've picked a show after talking with Rob or Bob Kennedy, um, I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And I had a friend who stepped up at the gym. She worked the front counter. And she said, I'll help you, no problem. And mm -hmm. she had it before. Um, and again, I, I made the decision. And once I started to take the action, 
someone emerged, some, something or someone will emerge and come forth to help you. Um, and she got me ready in those four weeks as best as we could. And I placed third in the, the figure division. In figure. Okay. So that's where you started. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and just to give everybody perspective, if you've never done a show before, four weeks is a very short period of time. I mean, most people are spending at least, you know, 16 to 20 weeks getting ready. So you obviously were already there. Yeah. Did you, um, you had the gym part kind of figured out. What about the nutrition part? Like, where did you learn how to eat to also get into your best shape? Um, a lot of that did come through the funneling of the magazine, because in addition mm -hmm. to the exercises, um, he included a lot of different recipes. So Tusca Reynolds, she's actually still um, yeah. live. Um, Bob has since passed on, but um, she created this entire clean eating guide. And and, and I've been in clean eating magazine, so I know exactly uh, who Tusca is. She's amazing. She's amazing. And yeah. I, I just began to experiment um, there. Now, once it came time to actually get ready for a show, that's when I leaned on my friend, April, who stepped forward to help me um, those last four weeks. But, you know, she gave me um, kind of like a quick and dirty of, you know, all right, we're going to basically reduce the carbs. You can only eat these carbs. Um, they have to be complex. We don't want anything simple going in and you're going to have a lot of protein um, with a moderate amount of vegetables. So, um, yeah. And then at a certain point, she kind of just walked me through that last week, which uh, the more muscular the division, the more restrictive the diet has to be so for that last week it was pretty much lean protein and veggies only but very very small amounts um five to six meals uh within that day and yeah she helped me tremendously but yeah that's when the rubber started to like really meet the road because before i was under this misconception that i could eat what i wanted as long as mm. i was working out and it was like mm. that was not working <laughs> the and, and i want everybody to hear that because yeah. you cannot out train your diet ever, ever. Even ever. At the elitist division like you see the fittest people in these competitions that are absolutely ripped yeah. they are eating so clean so yeah. don't think that they're you know anybody is immune to that absolutely and it, you can find ways if you're willing to to do some investigating right or do some researching um thank god for you because you i mean you you have the gift of you know teaching us but i found different ways to you know make the food exciting right it's some people say oh i get tired of eating the same foods well the more consistent the eating the more consistent the weight the more consistent the results so again when it's planned um even now i have planned cheat meals I, and the rest of my diet or my, my eating habits are very structured and yeah. it, it creates that avenue for success. You know, if you want repeated success, you have to do the same things repeatedly that got you there. I put you um, kind of in the hot seat. Uh, I just, sorry if I put you on the spot, but when we were at this show, I was like, Drea, come, come sit with us and be part of my cooking demo. And I was asking you kind of walk us through like a normal day of eating for you and how many calories you're getting. Can you talk us through like when you are, before you start really cutting, like, you know, the last few weeks, like what does a normal day look like for you when you're training? Okay, so a normal day um, typically is, I start the day off with about um, a half a cup to one cup of oats, usually plain. And then I add in either honey or cinnamon. Um, and then 
Well, some sort of fresh fruit. I love, I love berries and bananas. Those are like my go-tos. Um, and then if I'm still hungry, once I get that down, I'll have a little bit of protein, usually in the form of egg whites um, and one whole egg, sometimes two, depends on like where um, my coach looks like, you know, my physique is kind of coming along and where we're holding. Um, and that's usually it. Um, I try to keep it very simple. Um, and it's usually about five egg whites, one whole egg. Mm. I like to boil the eggs because it's, again, something that I found was a lot easier um, with my time and with my travel. So boiled eggs, usually, I mean, I can peel them, discard the yolk and be good to go. Um, and the oats, when I'm like in the hotel room, um, I usually use the coffee maker for the hot water. And then I will put the oats in a cup or my measured um, container, and then I will just cover and let them, um, you know, swell or cook. But ideally, I, I'm home. I cook like a lot, of, uh, like a massive amount of of the food, and then I just package it up. You'll do that, that in advance in your prep. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a lot easier, and I try to tell people if you really have a hard time measuring, or if you find it daunting to measure. I buy the one cup, which is eight ounces, or the half cup, which is four ounces containers. That way, you know, once you fill it up, it's that's exactly the amount that so you should easy. have. I, I, that's such a smart strategy because a lot of people won't pull their scale out. But if you yeah, give them yeah. some guidelines as to ounces or, you know, um, grams, if you're in the metric, uh, yeah, it, that's really helpful, those containers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be hard. I try to really find ways to tell people there's easier ways to do it. You just mentally have to commit to doing it. Right. So that's where, mm -hmm. again, if, if it's cooking one meal uh, like on Sunday, Sunday's my meal prep day and I'm in the kitchen for sometimes three hours, but I'm set for the week and I don't have to worry about, you know, what else needs to be done with food. I'm done. Yeah. Have you ever um, relinquished that to a service? Like I know some people get to a certain point where they're just like, I don't have time to prep anymore. I'm just going to have somebody do it for me. Have you ever wondered, is rinsing my produce with the water that comes out of the sink that I don't even drink enough to really clean it? Well, then you're one of the smartest people I know because you're absolutely right. It's not enough. That's why we created the only all-natural and patented line of food wash and wipes, and it's called Eat Cleaner. It's tasteless, odorless, and lab-tested, and it removes up to 99.9% .9 of the residue that water can't, including pesticides, wax, soil, and junk that can carry bacteria that can really make you sick. Plus, we formulated it to help extend the shelf life of your fresh produce too, and that'll save you money. When your berries are lasting up to 10, 12 days, you know that's a good thing. It helps your produce last up to five times longer using a natural blend of fruit acids and antioxidants. So there's no chemicals, it's just clean, eating, fun. And this can help save your family an average of over $500 per year. Make it easy on yourself, reduce waste, and get that fruit and veggies into your body where it's gonna do you a lot of good and not in the trash. Check us out eatcleaner.com or head to our Amazon store at amazon.com forward slash eatcleaner. Yeah, I've tried a couple of services before and I mean, they're they're actually really good. They've got, become much more bodybuilder friendly because um, for those of us who, again, get into competing, sometimes there's um, a 
very, very um, small margin of error that we really don't want to kind of go in into with, you know, excessive amounts of fats that have been used or butters and um, seasonings. So we want to try to be cautious, you know, of um, different sauces and syrups and stuff like that. But yeah, they've gotten really good with being much more bodybuilder friendly. So um, I've tried Megafit and I've tried Trifecta so far um, and both really, really good. Um, but I tend to lean a little bit more towards Trifecta only because um, it gives me a little more control over the portions. Um, and I'm not relegated to just one meal. So Megafit was cool when I like needed to just have one meal. Like they, pre they put all of it in one meal, literally like it's a heat and eat. Um, but mm. Trifecta, all of the proteins packaged separately. So then I can kind of focus on the proteins and not have to worry about the sides. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit easier. Both are really good. And when I look at the nutritional content, um, it's definitely something that, you know, I don't have to second guess or worry about. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, when it comes to prepping your own, I think being able to control the ingredients, I mean, that's, it's all about that, right? It's all about what you're putting into it. And I, that's something that I say to everybody, whether you're competing or not, you know, when you're in control of your kitchen, you know how much oil you're adding, you know, where you're sourcing your chicken and your turkey and your, you know, your fish right. from, because you also want to make sure that those are sourced you know, get your wild caught, get your yes, organic, and, organic and free range chickens, you know, um, and your eggs. So all of that really does make a difference. Yeah, at a certain point during my prep, though, I do have to cook all my meals. There are no more prepackaged or, you know, food service options. I have to cook them all. Um, and that's usually once I hit about eight weeks out. Yeah, I'm going to the store and actually get the food and preparing it myself. So, um, and again, sometimes I like the food service for when I'm not in prep because it's like, okay, I've done my job. I can relax a little bit and I can totally. still eat good. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's that important because um, we actually watch a lot of the sodium intake for me once I go into that phase of um, my contest prep because sodium can cause you to hold water. Um, and when it comes to having greater definition in the muscle um, on stage, you know, the water manipulation can be something that we want to monitor very, very closely. Okay. I have to ask you because, okay, the, the exercise that's like on lock, you've been doing this now for over 10 years, right? Yeah. Closer, almost 20. <laughs> almost 20. Okay. So you've, you've got the exercise on lock. You've got your nutrition on lock. You know what to do. What about this? And I'm pointing to your head right now, you know, um, and I will tell you, Drea, when you said, you know, you didn't like what you were seeing or, you know, your self-esteem. I mean, I felt the same way. I was like, you know, I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like that. I'm getting this like tire around my belly, you know, and I've always been into fitness and I've always known the importance of exercise, but like what, obviously what I'm doing to exercise right now is not working anymore at this phase of my life, which, you know, um, I'm now in my fifties, so it's different, but when things start to click and you start to see that change, something does transform, but you're at a different level. You are at, you know, when you talk about going on to the Olympia stage and even like protecting your title, you know, I mean, you won and then you went back out and you won again, and then you went back out and you won again. <laughs> How does your mindset now play into this? Because now it's a mind game, right? You're going out and you are like, okay, other women might look good, but I'm going to win. 
Mm -hmm. It's definitely something that every year when the calendar flips, we all typically try to set some sort of goal, right? December 31st is coming. January 1st is coming. So I try to think about when January 1st comes or when December 31st comes, what needs to happen within those 12 months that would make me say it was an incredible year. Like it was an amazing year. I feel good about what I accomplished this year. And that's usually my starting point. And then I start to go down the path of creating the vision. So I, I am huge about using vision boards. Um, it's not for everybody, but I feel personally like, you know, God tells us, write the vision, make it plain, keep it before your eyes. Yeah. So that way, when I look at that vision board on a daily basis, and when I'm away from home, I have a, a picture of it, or I, I create the digital, digital, digital version of my vision board just to keep me uh, mindful that God has given me this time, right? And he's given us these bodies. We have to really um, safeguard them. I mean, you know, if you, <laughs> my one mentor, Joyce Meyer says, if you don't take care of the house you live in, meaning this house, you got to leave. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, you know what? We're responsible for making sure that we do the best that we can. And again, when you plan it, right, it's not saying we're going to be so restrictive. We're not going to have, you know, the glass of wine from time to time or the bag of chips from time to time that can be planned. But you need to exercise the discipline that helps you feel good about what you're doing, about living in that body, about yeah. going to the doctor and having a good checkup. Right. Yeah. Playing with your grandkids or whatever it is. I've got clients who are 72. They don't want to compete. They want to feel good about going to hang out with the grandkids or getting through the airport without having to take sit breaks. Mm -hmm. Those things become, yeah. you know, what is it that's meaningful to you? So to me, I knew that if I could do this full time, um, I lost my job in 2020 with COVID restrictions, but I was into health and wellness. I had a, a salary job with 401k, stock option, all of that. I had every intention of going back to that job, but I had told myself if I could do this full time, because I was still competing, but there was no Miss, Miss Olympia back then. It hadn't been um, brought back until 2020. I said, I wouldn't complain. I, if I could do this full time, I would not complain. I would just do it with a smile on my face and find as many women to encourage and help as I could. And when that happened, um, it was probably about four months before my first Miss Olympia. I said, okay. I had this idea of wanting to win the Miss Olympia, but now this just makes my deeper desire so much closer. So I got the vision board out again and I kind of revamped some of the things, right? You know, I wanted the gold medals. That was definitely on the board. Um, the travel, wanted that on the board. Wanted to speak and minister to as many women as I can. That's on the board. Um, what kind of life purpose can I say that, you know, I fulfilled, you know, towards the end of that year and that's it. That's it. And that keeps me motivated. Like these, when I think about it, I'm like, okay, there's somebody who's going to be around when I have my next speaking engagement. There's somebody who's going to be around when I have my next, you know, Olympia appearance that I'm going to talk to some woman who needs some encouragement, but mm -hmm. I have to do my job. I have to make sure I do my part. And this becomes my, my mindset. Like, okay, wake up every day. God gave me today. What am I going to do with today? Because mm -hmm. like the victory is there for me to, to have, but I got to do the steps that are required. And I go through writing down my, my five goals, top five goals every day, every single day. I, I want to win the Miss Olympia. I want to win the Rising Phoenix. I want to be a good businesswoman and have as many, you know, opportunities to uh, branch out in entrepreneurship as I can. Because again, the job is no longer there. So now I have to create these avenues to be able to prosper, right? So yeah. these things keep me grounded in the right mindset. And usually once I write out the top five goals and after I've looked at the vision board, then I look at the action steps. 
-hmm. What do I need to do to, to gain that Miss Olympia title? I need to do my hour of cardio today. I need to make sure I stick to the meal plan. Mm -hmm. It's ready. And if there's something that I run out of, I'm not, I'm not going to play the game of winging it or rolling the dice. Okay. So again, these things or like what my specific goals are with, you know, the physique with the training, right? I, I need to train my abs three times this week because I felt like I maybe felt behind or, you know, maybe had not enough time the previous week. And I take it literally week by week. What yeah. are the goals for the week? What are the goals for the day? And that's usually my, my driving force because you don't always feel like it. You can attest sometimes that at a certain point during that prep process, you don't feel like it. You're tired. You're tired and you're hungry and yes. you feel like your hormones are just on a wild ride. And also I feel like, you know, when I don't have nearly, I've done one show, but just from that one experience, like I, I think a lot of people just are questioning what you're doing. You know, I got a lot of questioning and, you know, I know you're a woman of faith as am I. And I think there's a lot of confusion, you know, sometimes people in the faith community don't see it that way. They just see you're up in a bikini on a stage, you know, and they're wondering what the heck you're doing. Right. How do you contend with that, Drea, because I'll tell you what, I struggle with that, you know, even thinking like, will I do another show? I kind of want to, but like, I don't want to be seen in a mm -hmm. negative way when I do that, you know? So here's the thing, if you if you're really considering what God's purpose really is in, in humanity, the purpose is to make sure that everybody knows about the good news, mm -hmm. the good news that we have a savior in Jesus. And Jesus didn't mingle with the people who didn't need help. He always found a way to put himself in a position to help the people who needed help. Yeah. And in that regard, God uses us. We're just conduits. That's really all we are. We're just conduits to say, hey, you know what? And we're not here to judge people. We're not here to say, you know, you're absolutely wrong. You're absolutely right. But when I look at bodybuilding, it's like, okay, how else is God going to get a message around to these people? Unless he mm. puts people in the mix. Yeah. He puts people in the mix to encourage, to, to just be the light. Just live your life. Yeah. Just live your life. The life will, will tell people all they need to know. Right. Because some of these people don't go to church or some people have had bad experiences with going to church. But when they interact with you and you come from a genuine and sincere place. Right. And you've done your own healing work. So that becomes another thing, too. Sometimes people of faith don't do their own healing work. Everybody has something that they need to be working on. Yeah. But when you show up as your authentic self and you're walking in love and that becomes the, the, the forefront message for you then it works and God can use you in that way. But I say to some people who say, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, how else? Because uh, how else? How can you reach people if they don't, you, you got to relate. We're humans. Yeah, yeah I love I love that. I could, I could listen to you talk about that all day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, seriously, because I think, you know, in anything, whether it's bodybuilding or you're delivering the mail, or you are greeting somebody at a restaurant, everybody has a chance to just shed some light. And God knows we need more light in the world. Amen. So Amen. What, what are Drea's goals for this year? What, what are you, what's on your vision board? You mentioned the Rising Phoenix event. Um, are, what, what are your goals for this year? And what, what would you say just in general to somebody, and I guess this is a two-part question, but what are your personal goals? And then if somebody looks at you and says, 
I want to be like her. I want to be strong. I want to be successful. I want to own this body that I live in and do the best that I can in it and shine. Like, what would you say to that person that maybe is experiencing their own self-doubt? Uh, so your goals first. What are your goals? Yeah. Uh, definitely to win the Rising Phoenix again <laughs> and to win the Miss Olympia again. So those are like my my top two. Um, kind and of Miss like Olympia is when? Uh, the Miss Olympia here is November. November. And November. Rising Phoenix is? Uh, September the 30th. Okay. So you're on September and then November. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's going to come fast. I know that, but I'm super excited. I'm definitely ready for it. So winning those definitely top um, professional slash athletic goals for the year. Um, and then I definitely I'm putting on a show in 2024 with um, two of my co-promoters um, and we are offering professional women's bodybuilding, professional women's fitness and professional women's physique. Um, we're looking at possibly adding more women's divisions as we go. But those were the divisions that were um, removed from the Arnold Classic, which we saw it as an opportunity to be able to promote women and empower women um, on the professional stage. And then we also have amateurs that um, will be allowed to come and compete. So NPC athletes um, across all divisions are invited to come and compete. So I'm gonna be focusing a lot of my energies on um, really making sure that that's a good performance um, on our part, right? A good event when it comes to ma making sure that the competitors know that they're welcomed. Um, this is gonna be a first class event. We're gonna like wait on them hand and foot because we know that this is a sacrifice for many people. Um, again, I was in that position working full time and still trying to find ways to compete. And yeah, we just wanna make sure that the women and the men who come, they feel honored to be there. Um, and they feel like, you know, these ladies uh, paid attention to every detail to make sure this was a really good show. When, so is, that, the show, when is that show gonna be? That's so awesome. Yes, we're looking at April 20th of 2024. Oh, okay, awesome. Yep. Yep. So that's that's definitely goal number two. Um, and then the next goal is to start to really launch some um, some platforms for me to be in, engaging more with a lot of my female um, audience, just to really have more personal dialogue about what what kinds of things are women facing? What types of things are they um, kind of really finding hard to overcome or hard to talk about? Um, where they're not really getting a lot of help. So uh, some athletes really have a hard time with like male coaches and nothing against male coaches. I have one. He's great. I love him. Um, but sometimes some of the women's needs go a little bit quiet or swept under the rug. So I'm looking to find some different ways. So I actually started some subscription um, and I have a platform that I'm looking to get launched up um, within the next 30 or so days where women can kind of just come on and we will just talk about one-on-one anything that they feel you know we want to talk about and where can where can women find that information because i know i would be one of them yeah. um, would love to invite our listeners to participate in that um how can they find your new platform and how can they follow you what's the best yes. instagram you? is definitely my favorite um it's definitely just an easier uh, it's a more user-friendly platform to me i still have facebook but i'm not on there as often yeah um, so my instagram handle is ms pretty muscle that's m z pretty muscle um and uh my website my website is um miss miss olympia andrea shaw.com and we'll include that in the show notes for everybody to be able to find easily yeah, thank you. So yeah, those are my 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 big goals for this year um, and finding more ways in which I can um, partner up with with others to really drive home the message that, you know, women's health, wellness, women's mental health, 
these things are at the forefront to make sure that because we carry a lot we know how to multitask and it can be something that looks to be burdensome for women who really need more support mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i think i think so true support in you know a community that embraces health and wellness at its core right because it can it is a competition right if you decide that you're going to get on a stage you are competing against other women but if you know kind of what your purpose is and your why and you really see like when i did my show i couldn't believe how supportive women were like i just even standing in line to get a tan yes <laughs> Exactly. When I was so intimidated, I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> what is happening? But uh, these relationships you can have and they will carry you so many years. Um, mm -hmm. I've I've met some of the most amazing women. The one I had a spin class that I went to years ago. And uh this young lady, she's the one who introduced me to my coach, and we're still friends to this day. I was yeah. in her wedding. So I mean, these relationships, because we're centered around making sure that you know you're healthy, I'm healthy, we encourage each other, we motivate each other, we check in from time to time, you know, and that begins to form the relationship dynamic that keeps us going into longevity. We want to yeah. feel a lot of the, the stage is there. That's great. But at a certain point, you want to start looking at quality of life. And that is the big picture. We want to live well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so for the woman who's like, I want to be like Drea, what's what's step number one? What what would you say to her would be your most important piece of advice to just start? Pick a day. You, mm. you got to have a day. <laughs> that's the one thing about competing. You got to pick your day when you're starting because that's going to be just day one. And right before day one comes, sit down and write out the whys mm. and really dig deep, dig deep on those whys. Yeah. And if you can find the whys, and you can really make them just important wise, not just, oh, because, and don't get me wrong, mine started off very vain, right? I just wanted to look good, but then it evolved, right? So this is where you have to look a lot deeper. And sometimes that's more than one sit down, but yeah, that's where it started, but you're gonna evolve. That's the nature of us being human. We're gonna evolve, but get started, pick a day, go get the membership. Once, mm -hmm. you, once you take action, then there's definitely going to be some sort of follow-up step or something else is going to happen to help move you into that next space and that next dimension so yeah pick a day get the yeah membership. i love that pick a day and do it and stick to it not yeah. i would i would say too what's been really helpful for me is have have a real accountability partner that pushes you <laughs> and for me that's my son um he's like you can lift more He's like, you can push more reps. Oh, and he'll correct me, you know, like even just uh, finding somebody that, you know, aside from a trainer, somebody that you can kind of show up with all the time that sees the good in what you're doing and encourages you and you do the same for them because, mm -hmm. you know, it does get hard on days when you just don't want to show up, but you're accountable to somebody else too. Yep. And that's where, you know, if, if, getting into competing is the goal, then start to put yourself in environments, right? Go to a show, 
Go and see what it's like to actually, you know, get up on that stage. I did not do that. And I should have done that from the beginning because I had no idea what I was getting into. But I, I realized now having gone to shows, I could have been talking more with judges, with competitors, or, you know, someone who's looking like, oh, wow, you know, where are you training? What does your training look like? And we're very open. We talk about these things so freely as competitors. Yeah. But if, you know, maybe just general health and wellness is your goal, then go to the gym, sign up for a class. There's bound to be somebody that you're going to meet in that class. Maybe it's the instructor. Somebody's going to start looking for you to be in attendance. And when you're not there, they're either going to call you or by the time you come back, hey, where have you been? We miss yeah. you. You, know, yeah. if you have to hold it into your life. Yeah. And the more you focus on the energy on building it into your life and it becomes a part of your schedule, everything else just begins to flow. Yeah, I love that. And it is a flow. Okay, so my last question of our interview, and this has just been such a joy, um, is, you know, Drea gets some cheat meals, you know, she and she likes to plan them. What is your ultimate cheat meal? Oh, ultimate cheat meal would definitely include uh, lamb chops. Ooh. Oh yeah, I go for the fatty stuff, girls. I, the fatty stuff is great. Like <laughs> lamb chops are one of my favorite things to make too. So oh, sometime I'll, I'll make some lamb chops. For you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good lamb chop with um some sort of like baked potato or sweet potato, but with all the good stuff on it. Like I, I'm a I'm a I try to avoid dairy as much as I can. So I found some great vegan butter that mm -hmm. I like. Um, which is really, really, I mean, it's become a part of my lifestyle now. I was vegan for about a year and a half, but I realized that me competing, oh. yeah, competing at this level and being vegan was not something that would work. Um, and naturally, I'm just more muscular. So it, it wasn't that I couldn't compete, but I, I had to ask myself, could I compete and be competitive and be successful and be vegan? And for me, the answer is no. For some ladies, you know, they've been able to do it and be successful. But at, at women's bodybuilding and women's physique, I knew that I had to get back into eating at least fish, seafood. And then I plan my, my red meat or my darker meats. So yeah, lamb chops with some sort of like baked potato or sweet potato with like some vegan butter. Oh, and if it's a sweet potato with like some cinnamon and honey and brown sugar. Are we, are we, are we putting like, yeah, we're putting the works on that potato. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And then apple pie for dessert. I mean, really good apple pie, like deep dish. Mm -hmm. And then some vegan ice cream with that. Oh, I'm yes. hungry now. <laughs> Happy girl. Happy girl. I love it. Well, Drea, thank you for being such a blessing in so many ways, just with how you show up and how you set yourself apart. You know, um, I think if we can just encourage people to live their best life, right? And the this recipe is just finding your why and doing the work and knowing that when you show up, you're going to help others along the way that just really is a beautiful message so thank you for that and i just look forward to more more conversations and supporting you so yes oh thank you so much and ladies i, I can't stress it enough she has some recipes that are really good <laughs> really good for, for my mom and by the way ate all of my pasta she ate all of my pastas so i had none who did my mom's my mom she did. <laughs> so that pasta you made me as good as i know it was she she came in like a bandit and she took it so well, I'll have to get well with i'm glad somebody enjoyed it that's what matters so thank you Indeed. so much Thank you, ladies. Pick the day. Get started. Don't wait.
Kick the day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch, so it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot, and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for Recipes for Your Best Life. I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.